I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And And you're listening listening to A to Z Discussions. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we'll be discussing the Batman. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? I've been good. I took a little two-week hiatus and done a few things since we last talked. I guess mm-hmm. to start off with uh, the day after we did our last podcast, me and Kaylin went up to Houston and got to see a guy called Davin. Uh, he's kind of similar to Elenium in a music style, you know, more uplifting EDM. Uh, and that was cool. It was a decent venue and we showed up probably about two hours before he was set to come on. So there were some, mm-hmm. you know, pre-shows going on and it wasn't super packed, but like leading up to him coming on stage, probably like 30 minutes before it got like super, super packed. So it was a full venue. And when he came on, it was nice. It was a really good time. I had actually never really heard any of his music before, but our friend Robert put me on to him and he was also there to enjoy the concert with us. So yeah, it was cool. Uh, and then stayed in Houston for that weekend. And I was glad that we got to hang out cause it's been a while since we hung out in person. Yeah, for sure. I'm really yeah. sad. I missed that concert though, man. Yeah, I know. We wanted you to come out, but just didn't really, wasn't in the cards that night. Uh, but yeah. hopefully we can hang out and go to other concerts at some other point. But yeah, for sure. It was a nice little, Nice little uh, venture out into Houston because it had been a while since I'd been home and I saw my dad. He took us out, me and Kaylin, for a late birthday dinner for me. So we ended up going to Perry's Steakhouse. And nice. Always love their pork chops. So I had to get that. Uh, everybody else got <laughs> steak, but I can't pass that pork chop off. Uh, I know. Pork chop. I mean, especially when it's offered. Exactly. Yeah. It's like three pounds of meat where it looks like it is. So, I mean, it fed me for a good three days, uh, including that night. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, after that, you know, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, just kind of been chilling, working, working from home a little bit this week because it's Kaylin's spring break. So I got approval from my work that I can potentially work from home two days out of a week and maybe wow. do like a hybrid work environment. So I'm, I'm cool for, with that. For I what? was kind of like pushing that because uh, it's nice every now and then to just like stay home, not get ready for work. And just have like a chill day where you work from home, don't really have to worry mm-hmm. about anything, and then go back to the office the next day. So I was kind of happy they allowed me to do that. Um, is there like a reasoning why they're letting you? Is it just because like, yeah, it's like not a big deal. So it's like, you know, I mean, you're getting your work done anyway kind of thing. Or is it, well, why would they let you? They, so during the pandemic, a lot of people ended up working from home just because of the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And I think there has been talk amongst some other people in the office that they would like to go back to more of a hybrid environment because some of us, like me included, enjoyed occasionally, you know, working from home, not necessarily envisioning ourselves as working from home permanently because that can be a bit depressing. But uh, mm-hmm. we look back fondly on those days of, you know, like I said, just easy going. You wake up, you can like casually make breakfast. You don't have to drive into work. You don't have to get dressed. You can maybe like do your laundry when you have some downtime, stuff like that. So, there are definitely some benefits to it. And I think that because they allowed the hybrid or like work from home environment during COVID, they were kind of okay with bringing it back since some people wanted to transition a little bit back towards that, but not fully. So, okay. But nice. Yeah. Well, that makes that's, sense. That's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. They're allowing that. I mean, why not? Um, so exactly. if you, get, you get your work done doing your job. 
then I mean, I don't see a problem, right? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Whatever, whatever makes the employees yeah. happy too. As long as, like yeah. you said, the work is still getting done and production is still the same as it always has been, then whatever makes your employees happy, I think is fine. As long as it's not yeah. hurting the company. This last week, I actually went to Big Bend with Sam and her family. And I have never been actual camping my entire life. So this was my first experience, but it was pretty funny because as we were going through camping and everything, like everything we kind of were planning on doing or like planning on, like didn't go the way that we were expecting at all. Mm. <laughs> um, so like we, we pull into the site and it's like the dirt that is on the ground. It's like super like sandy, like dusty. It's not like sand. It was like really fine, like dust. Right. It was like, it was different than sand. It was like thinner than sand. Right. Mm hmm. And they were like, we've never seen this before. Like, this doesn't really ever happen. Like, it's usually like firmer ground, like, because we were, we're tent camping. So, like, we had to like really find ways to like pin our tent down um, in this like super soft, soily dirt stuff. Um, <laughs> and then, as um, Sam's dad was like pulling in, because uh, he like pulled his Jeep, like in, in a trailer with his, with his truck, mm. they were like pulling it into like the little where we were going to camp at. And um, uh, we were with a, Sam's sister and uh, Sam's sister's husband. And uh, as uh, Sam's dad was like pulling in the trailer, he's like, uh, make sure, watch out for stuff on the ground so my tires don't pop or something like that. And as he was saying that, like he rolls over like this thing and a tire pops. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But I mean, this guy is like the most prepared, you know, he does this all the time. He goes jeeping all the time with his buddies. Like he's, he knows the lay of the land, right? He has two spare tires for his trailer and like has another one for his Jeep and for mm -hmm. like he, he, He's been here, done that. Like the fact that he was with us this whole time, like saved our lives like a hundred, like a hundred thousand times. <laughs> uh, so Sam's dad's like pretty awesome with that kind of stuff. Um, but there was this big dust storm that happened too. And like, there's like a wall of just like dust, right? Like not as bad as like, you know, those like haboobs, you know, I'm talking about those big giant dust storms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't that bad, but like you could see the dust in the sky and uh, we got back to our tent and like, there's this mesh that's on the top of the tent. Like there's like a rain thing around the top of the tent, but like underneath it, it's like mesh and all of like our stuff inside of the tent, like our bedding and everything was covered in this like dust stuff. Oh, we're like, no. Man. That's the worst. <laughs> I know. We're like, Ugh. um, so there was all this funny stuff and I'll, I'll tell you more about it later, but there was like all this stuff just would happen over and over again, but it ended up still being a really great time. And I saw a really, a bunch of cool stuff that I've never seen in my entire life. Like all these canyons and hills, saw the real, the real grand dude. It was mm -hmm. pretty cool. Nice. Pretty cool experience. Yeah. I recorded everything on my GoPro too. So make a quick video and I'll, I'll put it out and, and put it out on YouTube and let everybody watch it. Everybody who's listening, you can watch my big Ben trip and watch the dust storm happen. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I've yeah. never actually been out there myself, so I'll definitely give it a watch too. Yeah. So it was pretty fun, but two weeks ago I did see the Batman though. And I know you watched it what last week. Yep. Last Friday. Last Friday. Nice. Yeah, I saw it opening weekend. Uh, for whatever reason, Sam was like so excited to see it. So I was like, okay, whatever, we're, we'll go see it. <laughs> and that was the same night the the concert was. So I went to see the Batman while you were uh, having a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Batman. So getting into this, I remember seeing a trailer like a year ago for it. And I remember people like freaking out, like Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman. They're like, vampire boy is, vamp is going to be Batman. Like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I remember that being like a big deal for people and I've seen like stuff on, on TikTok, and it's like me, like in 2010 or something like, ew, Robert Pattinson, like a uh, 
Twilight, whatever, and then it's like t- to men twenty twenty two, like yes, my Batman, Robert Pattinson's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was the the meme too, where it was like, you know, the girls have had Pattinson whenever you know Twilight was a thing, but now it's time for the boys to have him for Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. And then about all the TikToks of like men after they've seen the Batman movie once, and they're like, it's like something in the ways playing by Nirvana, and like they're walking in all like brooding and yeah, I've seen that like, trend too. <laughs> uh, it's just so much funny stuff that's happened from this this movie but um when i we went to go see it i remember like looking at the runtime and thinking this is three hours long really and we were about to get a ticket for like eight o'clock yeah but you would have been out until like 12 (laughs) yeah and i was like man three hours and i know we've talked about this before when we discussed movies like like the venom and it was only like an hour and a half right and it Uh felt super rushed and and i was like you know what if this movie's three hours long then they had they had to have something you know they're trying to tell an interesting story here with the Batman and everything. And I think it was okay. And then after watching it now, like I appreciated the three hours. I mean, maybe there was some pits they could probably could have shrunk down a little bit, but uh, for the story, I think they were trying to tell in the way that it was paced. I think it was, it was nice to sit through a three hour movie for, for the first time in a while. What do you think? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, I know that a lot of people were very intimidated by the three hour time because I had even talked about it with my coworkers before I saw it. And they were like, "Mm, I don't know, three hours. That's a really long movie. And then I was telling them, well, you know, Endgame was that long. And, you know, whenever you watch that, it probably didn't seem that long. So might as well give it a chance. Right. And I was never really intimidated by the three hour runtime because, like Mm -hmm. you said, we had talked about it. And I feel like if they have a story to tell that's going to take three hours, then just take the three hours. And I was hoping that this would be those one of those cases and it was uh, i even told kaylin as we walked out because we, we got like a seven o'clock showing and i think we were walking out around 11 because i was in the same situation as you i was looking at an 8 30 and i was like oh no we're gonna be walking out at like 12 30 and i don't really want to do that mm-hmm. uh, so we did the earlier showing but we walked out late and i was still like look that movie was three hours long but it didn't feel like that it felt like a two-hour mm-hmm. movie it felt like it went by really fast because yeah i feel like every single plot point every like inch of dialogue that was spoken was relevant to the story yeah and that made the runtime not feel so long like it wasn't some slog to get to the end all of it was like keeping you engaged and the ending was you know engaging as well so i think it really stuck the landing and every bit of it made sense for it being that long yeah and i I really like just how it played out too like all the other batman movies or i mean the ones that we grew up with the dark knight with christian bale right right those movies were really action packed, right? I mean, there was some a lot of dialogue too, but like a lot of it was, you know, like the scenes and how cool it was. And this was more like kind of laid back, right? It was a lot of dialogue. It was super dialogue heavy. It was like a detective kind of film, right? Like he mm-hmm. was a lot of things were happening and you kinda of had to follow along. And if you missed a couple pieces of dialogue then something else wouldn't really make sense later, right? Um and I kinda of like that. Like it it was just little it was paced that way it was like a lot of dialogue scenes people talking a lot of emotions happening a lot of like good acting happening right and yep. then and then like boom a awesome action scene with batman with like some fire or like some bullets or like whatever like there's all these really cool like scenes and like there was so many times where sam like looked at me and she was like this is really cool like um just the way it was shot right like it looks so awesome yeah I would agree. And I think that even uh, you, you talked about seeing a trailer for it a year ago. I think that that even kind of set the tone for what this movie was going to be, because I think there was a lot of speculation behind Pattinson as Batman before we knew that he was going to you know, rock the role. 
And mm-hmm. that trailer kind of put a lot of that away because the first trailer that I saw was like brutal. It was him like beating up those guys that had like the white paint on their face. Mm-hmm. And he was just brutal. And he like beat the crap out of one guy. And then he was like, I'm vengeance. And you're like, oh my God, this, this is the type of movie this is going to be, I guess. And that's exactly what it was. It was a very dark movie. Uh, like you said, it was like a detective movie, almost like almost like a buddy cop thing with him and Gordon, too. I like the dynamic mm-hmm. between the two of them because, you know, they weren't exactly friends in the Christian Bale movies. They were like they respected each other and they would work together. But, you know, in this movie, Gordon had to like vouch for Batman all the time. He always brought him in behind the scenes. He was like wanting his input. It almost seemed like I was watching like a crime drama at some points. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that direction that they yeah. took with this movie even took a punch for him yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i I really like the the buddy cop kind of feel and i I think they made a joke about it too in the movie there was like one piece of dialogue like where is this good cop bad cop kind of thing yeah exactly (laughs) with the the penguin right um so all of that was pretty awesome but um i I really just want to like start going into spoilers but (laughs) um we'll probably probably start that right now but Mm -hmm. um i really was intrigued by how they were going to start to like introduce the Riddler. Right. Cause that's like a weird Batman villain just in general. Like yes. how are you like, because he like talks in riddles and he's a weirdo normally like in every single like adaptation of the Riddler, like you have the Jim Carrey Riddler, right. He's like, you know, Jim Carrey. Right. <laughs> and, um, like the ones that are in like the Arkham games, I don't know if you played them, but I never did. No. Um, he's also kind of like a wacky kind of guy and like talks very, very proper, but like still in riddles. Like he's very like, um like so sure of himself right but like this riddler like initially like he's wearing like this like military whatever mask right and like is so creepy looking he has like glasses that kind of look like mine right the clear ones yeah um and he's just like a i don't know like he was so um so aggressive at toward the beginning of the movie and i'm like i wonder how they're gonna play this out to make it look or like feel like the like comic version of the riddler who like typically wears like a suit like a green suit or like a hat you know and maybe he has like a cane or something right like that kind of like put together kind of riddler um and this guy did not feel that way initially right because i mean i was i I didn't even know the actor who played him until after the fact like i went into this movie honestly blind i didn't see spoilers i saw i didn't see any of the trailers recently like i saw all the like launch stuff like a year ago but i hadn't seen anything newer than that so i came in mostly blind seeing this movie um and i really enjoyed the way that they introduced him and in the way they revealed him like at the end right like all of that whole like push like it felt good and i was like hey that guy he looks like the riddler <laughs> like he looks like you know just brown haired you know nerdy looking normal guy <laughs> uh-huh. um so that i thought that whole thing was good with him too yeah, the direction they took with him, I also enjoyed because he was more of just your typical psychopath in this one. Like mm-hmm. you said, he wasn't like wacky and zanny. He wasn't all dressed in green with like a cap, you know, prancing around and spouting out a bunch of limericks and stuff like that. That wasn't him. Yeah. He was more believable. And even when they first introduced him, you get this really this scene that makes your skin crawl with him like watching the mayor and you can hear him like breathing so heavily because it's basically from his eyes view. Like he's using binoculars to zoom in on this guy in his home. You can hear mm-hmm. like his breathing very pronounced and it was making me kind of like antsy in my seat. I was like, oh, my God, like this is kind of this is making weird. me feel strange. And that's the vibe that they were going for with with him as a villain. Like he was just a really mm-hmm. a really odd duck. But it was believable because we know that in our society, there are people like that. 
you know, especially in a society where there's like a lot of shootings and such that have happened recently, it almost hit a little close to home. So this Mm -hmm. direction I think was relevant and an interesting take for sure on the villain. Yeah. He felt like a real threat, you know, Mm -hmm. like he wasn't just like some weirdo. He was like, like he could go off the rails at like any minute. Right. Right. Yeah. And he was something you weren't expecting. Exactly. He wasn't larger than life. He wasn't comic booky. He was like something you could definitely see in real life, which made Mm -hmm. it even more terrifying. Um, you know, this movie happened like at Halloween, like the first, the first night the movie yeah. starts is Halloween, which is funny. So it's like, is this a Halloween movie in the middle of, you know, St. Patrick's day or whatever? Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I thought that was pretty, I thought that was interesting that it's, it was like kind of like a Halloween movie. I, guess. I think that that was to pay homage. I think one of the comics that they based on, or I guess maybe it was an arc of comics was called like the long Halloween. I read mm-hmm. that on Wikipedia. So that was probably to pay homage to the, some of the source material, I would say. Okay. I didn't know that. That's pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I want to, let's just go into spoiler stuff. So from here on out, that's like, we, okay, overall we like the movie. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, then get out of here. But yeah, now, it's, it's now definitely a good gonna, movie. <laughs> really <yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're going to, we're going to go off the rail with, with the, with the spoilers and kind of jump around. I just like, um, the way the, the Riddler is though, um, I, I, I liked how, it was he kind of thought that he was playing with Batman like he was a teammate right like he was so and I found that to be like he was sincere when he said that I don't know if you took that as he was like joking with him no I took it as sincere as well he seemed he seemed like very upset when he realized mm -hmm. Batman wasn't on his side that Batman didn't see him as like a friend basically he's like oh this is for you because like okay like we're we're kind of solving this together we're we're outing all these people like we're doing we're we're like in cahoots with each other um I thought that was interesting, right? Because it's like, you know, this is just some other freak. And then honestly, Batman's kind of a freak too, right? He's a traumatized guy. Like, you know, he sits around all day in his home. He doesn't like being Bruce Bruce Wayne, really. Like this version of Batman, he likes right. to, he doesn't dress up nice. He doesn't go out anywhere. Like he just wants to be in the suit all the time trying to like, you know, avenge his family's name or like make, make Gotham a better place than it is right now. Um, but so he's also kind of like a weird, you know, weirdo that has like some kind of like, you know, some trauma to him as well. Yeah. Just like, uh, the Riddler does. I think that it honestly scared him a bit. You could see in Pattinson's eyes, he was showing like, like fear when he saw that the Riddler thought that this was all like, you know, for us, like I thought we were friends. He said with the last guy that he killed, he was like, you brought him into the light. Just like I told you to, we're such a great team. Like he was so excited and Batman was horrified at that. He's like, Oh my God, did I inspire this guy to do what he's doing? Like, is mm-hmm. he basically, like saw Batman's vigilantism and thought that that was a sign that maybe people like him should rise up and take matters into their own hands too. And that thought terrified him, which was great for his arc because you see that at the end, he's like, I can't be vengeance anymore. I have to be something more because Mm -hmm. if I'm just vengeance, then the people that I will inspire are going to be guys like this. Exactly. And I, and I like that so much with Batman's arc, right? Is you know, I am vengeance and then rehearing that from somebody that was inspired by the Riddler and and his crew and his social media stuff. And then hearing that kind of clicked in his head, like I can't be this. Um, and I want to do more. And it was, it was kind of weird at the end, you know, he was like, you know, saving kids or whatever from like all this stuff that happened from the flood in his like Batman suit. Like, I don't know. That was kind of, (laughs) that was, that was the one complaint I had with this movie. It's so weird, right? (laughs) The whole like situation with the flood too. What a stupid design for your city. Like, that's such an easy way to just destroy the whole city, just to break a few floodgates and then the whole city floods. 
And then also the very last part was simply unnecessary to me too. We had like the power lines going down and they were about to like shock the water. They're in the middle of like some big moment. You know, he's been talking with everybody like after the final fight and then he just like batarangs out to the power line and like brings it down and cuts it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if that was necessary. It just seemed really out of place to me. <laughs> well, I think because it, it was attached to electricity and if it would have fell into the, I know, I know. Into the water, I, it like, killed all people. The but implications were, I, were large, but I was like, why? <laughs> why did that need to be included? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know why he, I, I think he thought he was about to sacrifice himself by like potentially shocking himself. That's what I, I, I like thought he too. Could, I thought he could just like throw his little batarang or whatever and, and it, it would, would cut, cut it. it. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know why he had to jump. I mean, it would ensure that it gets cut if he, you know, did it himself, but he had this whole like tool belt of arsenals. Apparently he can take four shotgun blasts in his body. Right. Yeah. Apparently. And his, and his chiseled chin can take explosions and everything. <laughs> right. Without, without damaging any part of his body. So I don't understand why he doesn't have anything. He can just, you know, throw at it and cut, cut the line that way. I guess I <laughs> the only thing I could think of is maybe he had to like absorb the residual electricity into his body. That was his thought process because if he just cut the line, maybe there's like some leftover that could still shock the water and then, you know, transfer out to the people. So, mm -hmm. you know, since people are conductors, maybe he just did it so that he could get electrocuted too. And I yeah, guess that true. goes along with like his whole self-sacrificing aspect of the Batman character for him. But I thought that in that moment, it was just a bit over the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but I like how the movie also like it's all at night right like he's yeah. batman all at night and he's like bruce wayne during the day right but at the end of the movie he's starting to help people and the sun's coming up and it's the mm. first time that he's batman during the day good point yeah right? i didn't even notice and it's that. like symbolizing his like rebirth you know like a no, new thing mm -hmm. that i was real i saw that and i was like oh it's nice it's like i thought it was weird to see batman during the day because like, i think that's just weird like he's yeah. like helping the kids like that's what that's what i was trying to talk about earlier how it was just felt weird because he was doing vigilante stuff that was when the sun's up and his suit's so dark. It's just so like he's not an evil person, but it's like a, he's like a darker kind of kind of character. Right. <laughs> so seeing like the sun behind him was a little bit weird, but but I think it was supposed to represent his like, you know, now now I'm now I'm hope and not vengeance kind of thing. Yeah, that would make sense. I actually didn't notice yeah. that. So but great use yeah. of imagery by them. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um. So this movie is also Catwoman's movie, right? Yes. Not, yeah, I guess it's her. It's not her origin story necessarily because she's. I guess she's has already had been Catwoman for a while. Um. So she's already been kind of doing this thing, but and she doesn't really change too much. You know, her and Batman become like friends, but like her like story arc doesn't. I feel like it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, basically the completion of her arc was her because she killed her own father, right? Was isn't that what happened? No, she tried to go kill her own father, but. The Riddler shoots him and shoots him when he brings when oh, Batman brings him to the light. That's right. Yeah, he's the one yeah. that was brought into the light. And then there's yeah, the whole so, power struggle that's going to happen afterward. Yeah, because Bruce was like, don't do this. It's not going to fix anything. Like, don't don't have vengeance. Right. Like, don't be revenge here. Like, don't try to kill, hurt your father because of this is not worth it. Yeah. And then when he brings him to the light after that handcuffed, he gets he gets uh, killed, killed by, the, by Riddler. the Riddler because he was always a target of the Riddler. And then mm -hmm. that makes sense. So that kind of was a completion of her arc then, because, you know, if Bruce had never intervened, she probably would have eventually killed her father because she had a lot of hate towards him. Mm -hmm. But he, in a way, almost brought her into the light a bit, if you want to say it like that, because yeah. now she realizes, you know, doing the better thing sometimes does feel good. You don't always have to go straight for revenge. She didn't really change too much. We can kind of assume that she's just going to go to like another town and probably still rob some people and be the cat burglar that we know her to be. And I don't think that Bruce ever wanted to change that part of her, but 
it's cool that you can see them kind of come to terms with each other's ideologies uh, in that moment when he stops her from killing her father. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal. Like she was, she was really about to do it. And, um, and you can see the kind of like um, uh, disappointment and kind of like sadness and also kind of fear in her face. Like once the Riddler like actually uh, kills her dad, like seeing right. him dead on the ground, she's like, I could have done that to him. Yeah, right. and she and probably it, felt like yeah. even a little bit of relief that it wasn't me that did this. You know, she probably feels some regret that it happened, some remorse for him, some maybe some satisfaction, but also like relief that, wow, like it could have been me that did this. I'm really glad that I didn't mm-hmm. take that step. Yeah, because I mean, it's a line you don't want to cross. Like once you cross that yep. line, let's and I think he says something like that. Does Batman say something like that? Like once you he, he, yeah, he, he always says stuff like that. And yeah. I think he did. There was a moment, I think, when he like holds her back and he's like, that's the line we don't cross. If we cross yeah. that line, we're just like them. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, that's what I'm referring to. But it's true. Like once you once once you there's a there's a point you don't come back from. And that's that right. point. And Batman knows that but he knows because his family or his parents also kind of got killed with that as well. But, exactly. Um, there was and there. Um, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say that I think that especially with this iteration of Batman, who is definitely more emotional and more kind of conflicted, I think that he knows that he is certainly capable of killing. Like he probably Mm -hmm. at certain times even wants to kill. Like he wants to be vengeance. He wants to punish people. And it's very, very important to Pattinson's Batman, especially to not go over the edge on that because he's already Mm -hmm. teetering. I think that Christian Bale's Batman wasn't necessarily teetering as much as Pattinson's Batman is. So it was kind of cool to see more depth added in that way. Yeah, it's not like Ben Affleck's who's like, you know, blowing up cars every like two seconds (laughs) and shooting grenades at people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't even like remember any ben affleck stuff when with his batman but like yeah he's just blowing stuff up everywhere like i I feel like there's some points where he's like you know pointing guns at people (laughs) yeah who knows man the only one i saw was batman versus superman and that was just i'd like to forget it (laughs) yeah and i like i appreciate it when he's like he's fighting the the riddler goons on the like the balcony and like every time he like kicks one or whatever like they like you see them fall and like dangle on something right they're like they're not they're not like dying or anything. They're right. not killing any of them. Um, it's it's kind of reminiscent of like the, the video game versions of the Batman or even like the Spider-Man one where like where you would you would punch somebody and you would fight them. And if you knock them off a cliff or something, like you had like a gadget that like clipped them to the wall or something. Like in the oh, Spider-Man game, if you like hit a goon and you like punch him and he like falls off the building, um, he gets like pulled back into the building with the spider webs and he gets clipped to the building and stuff like that happens with the Batman game where they like get clinged to like a wall or like they dangle from something with their leg dangles. Cool. That's a cool detail. Yeah. So they're never killing anybody. Um, right. And it looked like they made a point to show that too in this movie where he's like, he's not going out of his, he's, he might be breaking some faces and breaking some bones, but he's not, <laughs> he's not ending he's not anyone's kill. life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really did. Uh, did appreciate that uh, a lot with, with his Batman. Um, something that I thought was really interesting too about just this Batman too was like the the darker aspects that were going on with his family, right? Like he he genuinely thought that his parents were like really great people, right? And um and there was a point where Falcone kind of says something to him that, you know, like, you know, I just did what your dad told me to do. And then so now he's like, Alfred's lied to me about this whole thing, right? Because, you know, there's some darker stuff, especially with his mom, too, with like the mental health facility and everything that's going on with her, Um, which I don't think that's like a normal thing for his parents. Like his parents are like, you know, regular healthy people. 
Uh, but having like this little darker side about they were trying to cover up this part of it to like show a certain image, right? Like trying to portray this this perfect family thing, right? Um, and I don't know if even Bruce knew about that until he watched that Riddler thing about his about his mom specifically. He may not have. Um, yeah. I'm wondering too if she had like mental health issues. If maybe he struggles with that, they might go into that in like future iterations mm-hmm. because you can tell like we've talked about, he's very conflicted and almost obsessive. Like this Pattinson's version of the Batman is obsessed with the Batman. Alfred's even telling him like, maybe you should, you know, do some other things. Maybe you should actually like talk to some people from your work to, you know, uphold the company name. And he's like, I just want to do Batman things. Yeah. You know, it's very unhealthy, the relationship he has. So I don't know. And I don't even know if he knew, like you said. Yeah. And I felt so bad for Alfred. I mean, like, cause he didn't, you know, share that much information with Bruce when he was a child, right? Because I, I guess his main goal was to raise him, right? Like, I, I'm going right. to be the dad for him because he's a little kid and I got to I gotta take care of him. Um, but Bruce just goes out there and, like, antagonizes him immediately after he almost got killed by the Riddler yes. from an explosion. You know, I felt so bad for him. Like, And so this guy who's, like, could be on his deathbed right now and Bruce is, like, you know, again, he's emotionally conflicted right now. Like, he's happy that alfred's alive right because that's like his last source of like family and but he's also mad because he thinks that he lied to him this whole time his whole life and so this guy who's like about to die he's like using all his energy to be like your father was a good man yes your father was like like i'm like man this guy has to like really put some in it for you know just waking up for the first time after being blown up (laughs) i thought that was pretty brutal for him to confront him so soon after you know bruce was unsure if he was even gonna live and i think the doctors were too and you know miraculously he survives and he instantly confronts him but he was always aggressive towards alfred in in this movie and you know at first didn't sit right with me i was like man you know he's being pretty disrespectful we're not used to this too because with Christian Bale and his relationship with his Alfred, it was very congenial. Like they were always like chuckling together, like, oh, Alfred, I knew you'd say that you told me so. And he's like, I did told you so and stuff like that. They're always like had their inside jokes and respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that this Pattinson's Batman is more of like a child, like he's more immature. Right. And they, they wanted to portray that. Uh, I think that he's angry at a lot of things. And maybe the easiest person sometimes to take out your anger on it, unfortunately, is those close to you. And he kind of does that with his relationship with Alfred. But he does say like a sweet thing to him at the hospital. He's like, I never thought I would be as upset or as scared as I was the night that I lost my parents. But he kind of hints at that he was when he learned uh, that Alfred was in danger and saw him in the hospital. So we do get that heartwarming moment. Mm. But I thought it was kind of brutal, too, uh, with some of the way that he treated him. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But he kind of made up for it when he was like. I never thought that I was going to feel this way again. He's like, I thought I've overcome the fear, the anger. Right, that he had grown past it. mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, he might have in some respects, but this is basically losing his parents again if that happened, right? This is a second, basically a second dad. Um, And it gets kind of hinted toward, like, early in the movie when you first find Alfred, right? And he's like, you're not my dad. (laughs) Yes, that (laughs) was was brutal. (laughs) Yeah, like the the edgy teen thing. You're not Uh my real dad kind of. I was like, oof, that kind of stung, even though like it's it's like kind of cheesy, but it's still stung. It is cheesy. And you know, the, the typical thing is like, well, I'm trying my best to be. That's, that's what Alfred's thinking. And yeah. you know that that's what he's thinking. And it's definitely been done before, but it doesn't lessen the impact of it. It makes yeah. you kind of feel for him. Yeah. Um, but these are OK. Going back to the Riddler things, his the way that he was like executing people was kind of brutal. 
right? And I, I, this movie had a PG thirteen rating, right? I, yes. I'm guessing, right? Um, so like they don't show any like gruesome nastiness, right? Uh, but they imply it though. They imply like the thing where like the, they put like the rat stuff in the guy's head. And he ba- they just like mm-hmm. the rats were basically eating his face off, and like all this really you know, gory stuff was happening. Yeah. Uh, I think I read some critic reviews and a lot of critics were reminded of, uh, this movie called seven. I don't think you've heard of it or have you? Um, is it with the dolls? No, this is nine. (laughs) No, not nine. Uh, this one had Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt whenever they were a lot younger and it was basically, they were trying to hunt a killer and he killed people based on the seven deadly sins. And a lot of people said that they thought that this version of the Riddler felt a lot like that, the kind of vibe of the killer in that movie seven. Mm-hmm. And to add on to that, obviously a lot of people caught onto this was that this Riddler was also inspired by the Zodiac killer because you have the whole thing with like the ciphers, all, you know, the, the, the things that he was like, all the riddles basically had like a cipher. You had to decipher to find the message hidden within. And that's stuff mm-hmm. that the Zodiac used to do in real life. So it was like a blend of the fiction from seven and the reality of Zodiac combined for uh, this villain. Oh, that's pretty interesting. And cause it kind of feel, I mean, cause this guy feels really grounded in reality. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't even know how the Zodiac killer even killed. So, but he, he was doing like kind of Ridley stuff too. Not necessarily Ridley stuff, but he would send like messages to the police and mm-hmm. say like, oh, you can't catch me. You know, he would kind of goad them and he would always send like a hidden message too, and send them a cipher that they had to basically decipher to find the hidden message. And it would give okay. them like a hint of who he was going to kill next, much mm-hmm. like the Riddler did yeah. in this movie. Um, that's interesting. Um, did you did you know for this movie, too, if, you know, like the El Lada Arada, whatever. Um, if, if you go to that website, it's a real website and it's like an yeah. Easter egg website. Caitlin showed and, it to me. Yeah. Um, and people have been like, they've been like releasing stuff on that website, like even, even currently, I think. And, uh, if you like know all the clues and look them up, I mean, people on like TikTok have been just posting called like, this is how you get into the Riddler's whatever. And you can actually download a file and the fire has a password and the password is a certain thing. And like, there's all these like weird things you can do to open up all the stuff. And, um, and it looks like a video of like Bruce Wayne's campaign or Thomas Wayne's campaign or something. And like mm-hmm. all those really cool things, but it has to go with like, you know, doing all the deciphering and stuff, just like kind of like what they were doing in the movie, but you doing it in real life. Yeah. I thought that was cool that they made it into a real site, but go, going back to the brutality of it, uh, I was kind of shocked that in a PG 13 movie that they showed such a personal view of him killing, you know, not just the rat thing, but whenever he's like hitting people with, I guess it was that carpet tool. Yeah, You know, you're basically right there with him. You hear like the thumps, you hear again, the heavy breathing that he's going through whenever he's attacking them. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, making really my unsettling. skin crawl for yeah. a PG 13. It's, it's very unsettling. And, and at the beginning of a movie too. And I'm like, and you know, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, parents, you know, they're bringing like their, their little kids, right? Like it's Batman, right? We're going to go see Batman today. And the first scene of the movie is the Riddler coming in and like mauling a mayor with a metal object in the head. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, some, you know, teetering on the edge of my PG 13 rating. here. <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like if my kids were, let's say like nine or 10 and I was bringing them to that movie, I'd be like, Oh my God, <laughs> I didn't expect it would be like this. And you know, the whole rat thing that that video was disturbing, but it, it almost felt to me like a bit of a ripoff of the dark Knight Because if you remember the Joker does a similar thing 
where mm-hmm. he has like he's recording like this really shaky phone video and he has like someone that he's about to torture and then you hear like the screams in the background so that wasn't my favorite because i felt like it wasn't totally original it might have mm-hmm. been to pay homage to you know the dark knight which a lot of people after seeing this movie consider it like the second best second only to the dark knight so mm-hmm. i guess it kind of goes in line with that but yeah. i don't know i could see that i mean but i mean with comic comic book villains i don't know i feel like it's hard to to really try to do that just like be original in different ways and yeah, not copy I would agree. on on accident but I, i'm really glad with like dc though when, every time they make like a standalone movie i feel like it's been pretty good you know um the stuff with like the justice league and they're like a little multiverse they're trying to set up like it just didn't work right like the way marvel does it but every time they like put out just something that's original i think it's pretty pretty decent right mm-hmm. like the um the, the suicide, suicide squad movie i don't know if that was very good at all i so didn't I like that one very maybe much. i take that maybe i take everything i just said back <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> i don't know but, uh, i've had i've had up and down experiences with yeah. dc but after seeing this movie i know they have plans too to like do a show that's based on gordon mm-hmm. and you know continue on with more batman movies in an expanded universe so if they do them as well as this movie then maybe i'll tune in i'm still mm-hmm. kind of sketched out from what they've done in the past but this was mm-hmm. a promising entry to their saga <laughs> yeah it just it's, for me it feels kind of uh, convoluted a little bit with you know you have the Joker's standalone movie that came out which that was a great movie on its own mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't really have to do with Batman this Batman or the last Batman it's just like its own thing in its own universe yeah and then they're introducing another Joker that was I did not like that that's another thing that irked me a bit because at yeah. first you know the Riddler it's it's over the Riddler's in a cell he's talking to someone else. And some people next to me were whispering, like, is that Two-Face? Like, I was like, that's oh. what that's what that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. And I was like, OK, that's exciting. Like, if this is Two-Face, then we haven't really seen in like big live action. Maybe some of the older Batmans. I haven't really seen a whole lot of those. But like I'm talking the Dark Knight. Right. When we get Two-Face, he just goes on his killing spree. Then he dies. We don't really yeah. get to see him fully crazy, like as a fully developed villain. So it'd be cool mm-hmm. to go into that territory, especially if him and the Riddler were kind of teaming up. But you know, as the the mysterious person keeps talking, you realize, oh my God, it's the Joker. And so after the movie was over, I looked it up because I was like, okay, if this is Joaquin Phoenix and they kind of carry it over a bit, then that's kind of cool. I never saw the Joker movie, so I don't know how that ends. Yeah. Uh, but if in, in some way it was him and there was some, some kind of chronological timeline going on, then that's fine. But then I come to realize it's a whole different actor. And I don't know if I want to see another Joker. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I don't want to see another Joker right now. I mean, it's overdone, right? Like we we've seen mm-hmm. so many iterations of Joker, um, and I mean, I guess that's fine. And but you know, like you can't have the Batman without the Joker, you know, kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. I guess you know he's like the main the main villain, but maybe make it into the third movie if you have to do it. But like, I don't I don't want to see him next movie at all. Like he's not the second movie villain. Like I I want to see a Two Face. I want to see I don't know. Um, killer croc or something or like <laughs> somebody cool somebody another another cool batman villain that's not uh oh, what's it called uh the joker right yeah I, I think it's just overdone and it's kind of i, I don't want to i don't want to see whoever this guy is play the joker me, me like, neither. i have i have no no will and i feel like once if it's happening i don't want to see robert pattinson and joker bite yeah i feel like uh with all these comic book series, there's tons and tons of villains. There's so many that probably even haven't been represented in live action at all that you could go into. And like take the Spider-Man movies, for example, you know, uh, 
back whenever Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man, you had villains for him. And then Andrew Garfield had totally different villains that he was facing. They didn't try mm-hmm. to repeat during a reboot. So why can't we have this happen with Pattinson? I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's why I appreciate the Riddler. Like it's such an out there thing. Like go yeah. do the Riddler. Uh, what's his name? Mr. Freeze would be kind of cool. The that Freeze, would be cool. The, yeah. That guy or, um, well, we're, we already have seen glimpses of the penguin because he was kind of playing a minor role. So maybe maybe they do have plans for him having a major role going into this next movie because they they did talk a lot about the power struggle and he's the one that makes the first move. He's like calling Falcone a rat, even though he knew that Falcone was ratting the whole time. Of course, he like sees everybody's like out there. He's in the spotlight. So he's like, you rat, like denouncing him and making himself seem more powerful. So obviously we're going towards like penguin is the crime boss going into the future movies. So we'll see what they go with that. Um, but oh, another thing that um, I didn't really understand, like where in time did this movie take place in? Like it seemed pretty arbitrary. Like in the Joker movie, it takes place kind of in the past-ish. I feel like it's like an old, like, I feel like the, not like the 80s, but maybe 90s. I don't know. But it was like, it was like older, like it was like an older Gotham, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this one felt, I thought initially it was kind of like maybe an older city. Like some of the cars looked a little bit older. Everything was like whatever. But then they had like really good technology. And then like somebody had like an iPhone 10 kind of thing. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. at that point when I saw like an iPhone, like a modern iPhone, I was like, wait, where, where, where is this in the timeline of the world? Did you get that vibe where like everything didn't feel like it was like streamlined? Yeah, I definitely got that more because I guess this is kind of something that noir movies do very well. They make you feel kind of like it's older, like it's set during an earlier time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think whenever the mayor, especially he's like watching his flat screen TV, I was like, OK, it's it's not like way back then. I, I think that they were trying to go for like current times. Yeah. Uh, but the cars like didn't feel that way. But I guess I mean, like the cop cars, I'm like, why is Gordon driving like a cop car from like 40 years ago? <laughs> True. I don't know. Maybe Gotham's like, just that poor. They never got to <laughs> restock their fleet or something. Yeah, I know. I'm like, even like the, the lar- like the people who have a lot of money are not driving cars that would indicate that like it was right now, like 2022 version of Batman, mm-hmm. um, which I was kind of expecting. Um, and I, I liked how like, you know, put together everything was like kind of from like scraps, kind of like the Batmobile, like you said, but then also like his bike. Um, and I remember seeing like a picture a long time ago and it was like comparing Ben Affleck's, you know, bat bike with uh, Robert Pattinson's bat bike. And it's like this, like his looks kind of lamer because it's, you know, it's just a regular old motorcycle that he like, you know, put together with all this stuff. And then Ben Affleck's is like this souped up crazy, like technologically advanced bat thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I appreciated that it was, you know, like it looked like he could have made it by himself in like a shack you know, without, right. without any like crazy things. Cause even his like bat cave was like, wasn't really put together. It was just a bunch of crap everywhere. <laughs> kind of goes along with his character though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a little bit, he's a little bit messy. He doesn't have this nice organized bat cave with all of these cool technological things. Cause he's a genius, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, Cause I did read that this is supposed to be his version of Batman is two years into him being Batman. And I think he even states that too. Like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, he's like, I've been fighting crime for two years and the same guys keep popping up and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he does seem a, a little less put together than even Christian Bale's Batman or was, you know, in Batman begins when he first started off. And that was an interesting take. Oh, <laughs> when the, the Riddler starts singing Ave Maria. 
for no reason. Yeah, kind of cringe. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not, not, it's not for any, not a reason, not a reason. But, um, apparently it was like his last clue or something. It was Ave Maria? You had that song playing in the background too for a few scenes, so some foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cringy though. I was like, ew, but I think it was on purpose. Like it was so nasty, but like Yeah. To be in your face. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> God. <laughs> um but that one part too when he's in the cell, he's like saying Bruce, 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 wait, or whatever. To Batman. And I think Batman like is starting to think, like, does he know who I am? Like this guy's a maniacal genius. He probably has figured out my identity. But he doesn't. Yeah. That scene I think it could be interpreted a couple different ways because I, I thought that like you, I think you, you thought that he didn't figure out his identity. Right. And I think that that's the impression you're supposed to take. Uh, he's like Bruce Wayne is like the one guy that we didn't get. Right. He mm-hmm. wanted to wipe out all the rats and because Thomas Wayne was dead, he wanted to inflict his vengeance upon Bruce, like the living heir. So mm-hmm. I don't think that he knew that Bruce was Batman. But then Caitlin makes a, a good point. You know, whenever you look at his smorgasbord of people, like that's in his apartment, he has all his targets up there. It has like Batman and Bruce Wayne together, like in the same place. And there's like an X through like Bruce Wayne and there's like Batman next to him at a question mark. So maybe he was thinking that Bruce was Batman. And she made a good point that maybe he even dissociated the two apart from each other. Like he thinks that Batman is the true Bruce Wayne. So figuratively, he wanted to kill Bruce Wayne just to make Batman the only living version of Bruce Wayne, which I don't know how I feel about that take. Because to me, it was just like he, he just keeps you in suspense, right? He's saying yeah. like Bruce, 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 because he wants the audience too to think, oh, he knows that Batman is Bruce. And Bruce is like, oh, my God, does he know? Then he kind of goes off on his tangent. Bruce is like, OK, I'm safe. He doesn't know I'm, I'm Batman. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even notice that what Kaelin brought up. Um, but you're right. He might have known or at least put enough pieces together to make an assumption that this may be something, but he wasn't right. sure about it. Sure enough to be able to you know, call him out on it. And he probably didn't want it to be true either, because I think he had targeted Bruce long before mm-hmm. he wanted to like ally with Batman. Exactly. I mean, he was targeting Bruce since he was a kid. Exactly. Right? Yeah, he always he, resented him. Yeah. He was jealous for the fact that he had to live in a, you know, poopy orphanage and have no money and, you know, be around children who would die over the winters and bruce got to live in his mansion look down on everybody i didn't know that his mom was an arkham it's interesting that they went into the backstory of the arkhams too because we've always known that the asylum is called arkham asylum but i didn't know that bruce is also like an heir of the arkhams as well and i'm not sure if that's canon in the comics or that's a new detail or what but i thought that was cool i didn't even know i I played the arkham games right like arkham asylum arkham Uh city or whatever and I didn't, I just thought they were called that, I guess. I, I, I mean, it makes sense. It's somebody's last name, but I didn't put that together at all. <laughs> Me neither. I didn't know that it was maybe some rich family because they said like the Waynes and the Arkhams were the two most powerful families in Gotham. And I was like, wait, what? All I've heard of is the Waynes. I've definitely heard of, you know, Arkham Asylum, but I didn't put the two and two together. Like you said that they were a family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. But it was pretty cool how it went into that. And instead of it like telling you, it just kind of show it's like it. Batman's learning this information as you're learning the information at the same right. time with the, with the videos kept in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so bad, though. Like, you know, imagine growing up thinking your dad is like the, the end all be all of what a human like a humanitarian should be. Right. 
and then you come to find that he had like one slip up and not even i mean it was pretty bad like he like i mean it's real right like i don't want this to get out and then he goes to like i don't know the mafia for it though that was like the one kind of like like what did you think was going to happen yeah (laughs) that was that was just really a dumb decision he went to not just the mafia but you know the boss and said take care of this and he's like oh i didn't know that he was gonna kill him but you know when falcone hears take care of this he knows what that means in his head (laughs) yeah i'm I'm like tommy what do you think was gonna happen (laughs) yeah exactly i don't know Um, i don't know and then alfred's trying to vouch for him at that moment like you know your dad was a good man or whatever but i don't know i mean it's two sides to every coin Right. You know, 50-50, Two-Face. Yeah, where's Two-Face, man? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're foreshadowing Two-Face with this dialogue, and I want him in the next movie. Yeah, me where's too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, yeah, but I am, I'm even bummed that that wasn't Two-Face. I wasn't even telling Sam, like, oh, it's probably Two-Face, like... Because he had, like, you could see, like, the scarring on the side of the face, yeah, maybe, that's, you know? that's what made me think about it, too. Um, but no, I looked it up, and it was bad. It was Joker. Like, bro, why are you, why are you trying to ruin a good movie? Like, this, this movie could have been... I mean, it is really great, but man, if you, if you would have subvert my expectations that, 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 that much, but like in a good way, like, boom, yeah, let's, let's put in Two-Face here. Like, let's, let's, let's do something new instead of giving me the same old, same old that you've been giving me for the last, I don't know, 400 years. <laughs> for real though. I agree. I agree. Like. I don't know. That was extremely disappointing when I, I, I left the theater feeling good about the movie, thinking that that was Two-Face still. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then I got home and looked it up and it wasn't that. And I felt so much worse after watching or after learning that. I mean, uh, I, I had my suspicions because he was laughing a lot and that's what yeah. the Joker does. I was like, oh, come on. I'm holding on to the fact that it still could be Two-Face. Yeah, but Two-Face like, could nope. be crazy too. That's why I was like trying to justify it. Like, oh, yeah, he yeah. has the two sides. Like he's like happy and they're showing his evil side anyway. Like, right. You know, All like, villains oh, have ha. that maniacal laugh too. You know, maybe that's yeah. his. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Riddler had his weird laugh too. Like, um, what I was really impressed about is not only how smart the Riddler seemed the whole time, but how impressive it was that he could use a spoon to manipulate how the cream looks on top of his coffee to make it look like a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty impressive. Maybe, maybe he told the waitress to do that. And then she was just so intimidated by him that she had to. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, can I get a, uh, a lot hot latte make sure it looks like a question mark it was like why because i said so or he's just like because i'm the riddler because i'm the riddler and that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) it's me funny when they come see me and then the camera will pan on it it'll be a question mark watch it's gonna be great i didn't fully understand why his plan was to get captured by the cops i guess that was the only way for him and batman to be one-on-one without like fighting each other i don't know I guess so. He said he planned on that happening. Yeah. Or I guess he said, this is not how I planned on this happening. Well, <laughs> he, he, he planned on being <laughs> captured and watching like the fall of Gotham from his cell with Batman by his side. But why did it have to be from a cell? I, I don't know. I feel like if he really was a mastermind, he could find a way to get what he wanted without being captured. I mean, he had the plan to be blown up anyway. I mean, he want. Well, I guess he got captured once he did the thing to 
kill Falcone. Like once yeah, he shot and Falcone, he, he ran away and then he right. had really nowhere to go because the cops could easily follow him from where he was at. He couldn't like, he's not a superhuman. But you have to assume that he always planned that he was going to get captured. Maybe he, like he wanted to destroy the city, right? He wanted the whole city to go up in flames basically. Mm-hmm. Maybe he planned that him and Batman were going to die too. And so it wouldn't matter if he was in a cell or not. Like his location was inconsequential. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that, I mean, I know that he wanted to rat out Falcone to the public. Right. Right. So the scene where bring him to the light. So he wanted that to happen. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why he, why he killed him there. He would have got his, I mean, he wanted to kill all of them. So I guess so. I don't know. I'm, th- I'm trying to think of a, trying to make a plan in my brain to like get him out of the city and then let the yeah. city be flooded. Like he could have left knowing that he had a timer on all these things. And then he had right. his goons finish the job for him anyway. And he's like, all right, peace out. I'm out of here. Um, there could have been, I, you're, I, I think you're right. There could have been a way that he could have weaseled his way out of it. But for dramatic purposes, it was a good confrontation in the prison cell. And I, yeah. I mean, he's such a smart guy, I guess they didn't really see a way for them to capture him otherwise, or there wasn't really time, you know, cause it's a long movie to write in like a whole chase and, you know, capture and apprehend and all of that. It was much simpler for him just to, you know, be waiting in that cafe. He's like, Oh, yeah. there you are. You can go ahead and take me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the pan where you like finally see his face and he's just like some guy. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he has the most unassuming, just like, I am just, some guy kind of face. <laughs> yep. Any guy could be any, any guy. guy. I am any guy. <laughs> um, all right. Before we, before we end the podcast, there's only one more thing that I want to talk about. Mm. And this actually got me upset. Not really, but it was the, the chase scene with the penguin. <laughs> oh and, yes. Yes. And they're just like destroying everybody on the freeway. Like everybody, <laughs> nobody's safe. And then I'm like, okay, well, Okay, a couple people can get in accidents, okay, whatever. But no, they have to go the extra mile while this this 18-wheeler guy is like in a giant, you know, he has this giant freaking um I don't know, like a I don't know what it's called, but you know that there's a semi truck. Yeah, semi truck, but it has like that thing on the back of it that that Uh, that's filled with a flammable. Yeah, it's like filled with some flammable thing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And we gotta blow it up. So (laughs) say people are crashed near there and they're like finally getting out of their car like just like what just happened? Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then they get blown up from this like there's no way people died. And then even after that happened they catch him right? And they put him under like under the like this like uh, gutter area from under the freeway like under a bridge or something. Right? And they're like talking to him with Gordon. And Gordon is not like yo Batman you know that it's like we had like hundred casualties up there because of this, this chase that you wanted to do. Like I didn't even like kind of talk about it. Like it, it was just there to like get the cool, like don't don't. I feel like it was part dun, of the, dun. part of the contract. Got to have at least one car chase scene so we can showcase the Batmobile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to have a cool walk scene with the flame behind. Yeah. They you. had to, they had to find a way to get a lot of fire involved and you're right. I mean, Batman's whole thing is I'm not going to kill anybody, but how could someone not at least be gravely severely life ending type injury off of something like that? Yeah. Like those 18 wheeler drivers, their little back of their car blew up, <laughs> exploded. Um, I mean, I guess it was the penguins fault that it happened. I, I guess. Mean, yeah, I guess. I guess. But Batman was, pursuing him hot on his tail kind of almost forcing him i guess you could say into doing these drastic things and batman knew what was going to happen 
Like you back this guy into a corner, he's going to take drastic measures. And he didn't really seem to care to stop all the carnage. He was just yeah. like, my only goal is to get him. <laughs> and then, and then him and Gordon, they're like, Oh, a lot of errata. Oh, your Spanish is bad. LOL. And then they leave. And then, yeah. It, and it the penguins like, to nothing. <laughs> yeah. The penguins like, all right, <laughs> y'all just, y'all just kill everybody. Cause I didn't know anything. Like y'all were dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that people- they just simply like let him go too. like, they didn't even take him into the, yeah. like the, the office or anything yeah. like the cops office. They just like, okay, see ya. We're going on our next lead or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. So all the people died because Batman Spanish was bad. <laughs> yeah. Pretty dumb, huh? <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty dumb uh, that's hilarious he couldn't even put that together like the penguin had to tell him that one <laughs> what was so what was wrong it was el rata right but he's like it should be la rata yeah because it's it ends with an a i guess right like la rata so but then how did that so the rat was falcone and that's how they knew it was falcone yes like a rat with wings right because he's falcone is like falcon you know, like ah, there wings. you go. Now I made the Falcone, connection. <laughs> yeah. So it has wings and then um, URL Rata, like URL. So like URL is a website so they could go and type in a website. Like That's right. Because Tim Piglin was like, otherwise it would have been law. So it's L for a reason. So they yeah. like really thought hard about what it could be, like what L is. There you go. That, that, that means the, Rid- the Riddler was, you know, he had a Spanish game there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny, but. Yeah, I didn't like that. It just seemed kind of dumb and kind of convenient. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool car chase, but cool car you know, chase. I don't know. Maybe uh, have it in a in a better way. <laughs> but there was another really awesome scene with the uh, when he's like fighting those goons and they're like shooting at him, and like it's only being lit up by the bullet fires. Yes, I remember you had talked to me about this before I saw the movie. And so whenever I saw that scene, I was like, this is definitely what Alec was talking about. And it was awesome. You can't see anything until they shoot their guns and you just see like punches being thrown. People are like inching backward. You know, the fire is getting lesser and lesser as he takes more and more of them down. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I saw online that it was all practical effects. Nice. Like there was like, I don't know what they use for like fake gun bullets coming out of it, but that was all like that. So that was, that was just someone recording and like that was the light. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, that was awesome. But that was one of the best action scenes of the whole yeah. movie, I think. The best action scene I've seen all year. Definitely. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Better than the car chase. Better than the car chase. The worthless car chase. <laughs> um, but it was pretty cool with him like walking down. <laughs> it was pretty dumb though. He like looks down like backwards. Like the, <laughs> the penguins like in his like looking out the window and Batman just kind of like looks in there like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's pretty goofy. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all I really got to say about it. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, good movie. Any, any thoughts? Yeah, I think that a lot of people, like I said, said it's probably the best Batman since Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would agree with that because I just have a, a soft spot in my heart for the Christian Bale Batman movies. But it definitely stands up there with them, like on a similar pedestal. Uh, I would say above the other older Batman movies. This this captured a more gritty emotional feel, especially concerning Bruce Wayne. Like this was a Bruce Wayne we hadn't really seen before, a very like hurt Bruce, you know, that was definitely emotionally scarred and showed it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see that. And overall, yeah, it's a it's a long movie, but it was worth the time. Yeah. It's a solid nine out of ten for me. Yep, I would agree. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Like this is a go see movie, especially if you like Batman, you like super movies, Doug go see it. Um, but I think overall, like I was kind of drained with some of the superhero stuff going on recently. Same. This is a, but even, even though that it is a superhero movie, it didn't feel 
in your face about it. It was, it was no. very much its own thing. Very much. It's like, I'm going to go my own way with this story. And I appreciated the, the runtime three hours long to tell a really good narrative. So I say, go and watch it for sure. For sure. And that leaves us with our question of the podcast. Did you like the Batman? Let us know your thoughts in our little question bar thing that comes up on Spotify. But with that, Zach, I will see you next time. Sounds good. See ya.